Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowen Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bowen Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else. And it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash. And they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back, no questions asked. So head to bowlandbranch.com for 15% off your first order with code RESTFUL15. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. On today's Men of the Apes, we're going to talk about yesterday's Men of the Apes. The daily podcast where we break down every minute of the Planet of the Eight movies, one minute at a time. I am Todd, or otherwise known as the guy that has to stop the other two down in the moments prior <laughs> to the thing and say, stop it. talking about it. Talk about this in the show. Uh, it's kind of my job. I guess I, does that make me the daddy of the show? Does that, yeah, make, dad. I, I, what I should have done is I should have used my, okay, dad, dad and daddy have two different meanings. <laughs> you need to be careful with dad and daddy. This is my side of the car. He crossed the line. Well, uh, I mean, I, if you say dad bond, you said daddy bond. You know, it's funny because I was going to say something and now I don't remember what it is because Richard actually kind of flexed me a little bit with that. And I was like, oh, wait, I guess daddy does. It's almost like Caesar walking erect yesterday. <laughs> but actually, I know what I was going to say. I should have used my Caesar powers on you guys and just stared at you after a swish pan. Let's see if I can do that. Well, with my. I'll, if I do this I to you guys, to... watch this. Woo. See, they, all I did was swish pan my laptop. And now that <laughs> Richard's throwing his papers everywhere. I was thinking of Arrested Development of uh, 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 David Cross going. I, I want to like a dad, daddy who is really into leather. You know, like daddy loves leather. You mean like a leather daddy? Yeah. <laughs> we should always think of Arrested Development. That is just any time you finish a thought, you say, "I was just thinking of Arrested Development when I said that." <laughs> All right. We are on to minute 43. Is that right? Was that yeah, right? Yeah, I know. It's Wednesday already. Man. Oh, it's like Club Comic Day. Sean oh, it is. New comics might be coming out. What? Crazy I know. thought. Crazy thought. Sean, tell us what's going on after you take that drink. There we go. There we go. Now, Sean, tell us what's going on with minute 43. 
All right, we start minute 43 with officers removing the trash gorilla and end with Frank refusing to light a joint. Man, this is going to be probably... Uh, be lit. This is not going to be one of those minutes that's going to have a lot going on in it, but it is playing there, so take a listen to minute 43 of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. We've got a planet's worth of gorillas, chimpanzees, orangutans, imported apes, Caesar, and a planet's worth of humans minus one Armando. Minus one Armando. That, of all the things you've said throughout, that may be the saddest one. Man. Oh. Or Armando. He goes splat, splat. Anyway. So before we get into this, <laughs> he goes, he goes splat, splat. He was a double bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you never double bounce, don't you know that? <laughs> well, you know how it's just like when they when they do explosions. God, what movie was I just watching the other day? It was a Spike Lee film. Uh, He's got game was on HBO, and literally the guy would take a shot, and it it went through the net like three times. That whole cutting <laughs> where they want you to see it and to live uh-huh. that moment. explosions happen, and they happen two or three times. If we had seen Armando splat, would you have had him boom, 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 boom? <laughs> You hit it from every angle. How yeah. funny would that be if he did it like 20 times? Uh-huh. I would have clowns come out and slowly sweep him away. Oh, my God. All <laughs> took his hat off. That would be Sad. the moment my wife walked out because she hates clowns so much. She would just look at that. No! So, All right, so Richard, you want to bring up something about the previous minute real quick before we I get did, because sometimes watching the minute here – and not hearing the audio while we're, while we're playing it makes me forget a couple of things. But I had written down that entire quote. Attention, attention. Last night, security forces apprehended and placed in custody a number of stuff, uh, uh, covert apes from widely scattered households uh, throughout the city who gathered clandestinely under the building on the outskirts of the east sector. Property owners are firmly warned. Their sole responsibility for the behavior uh, whereabouts of their servant apes. So – there was no point to this random quote of this weird ape gathering unless yeah. it was meant to tell the story that the, the Aldo, Aldo Caesar meeting and the servants' quarters, the scene that was cut. The quote was not in the script. So I think that they inserted that voiceover or the editor did to explain the scene that was cut. It'd be fascinating if the scene was actually filmed. I, so while you were saying that, I'm trying to watch today's minute just visually – that what they say could be very useful if, like you said, either we had a moment with Aldo or we had seen open defiance of Caesar, even 
speaking to a group of apes and, you know, telling them what he wanted them to do. If your master says this, do the other. They can't understand it, but still we see that he's given those orders. Um, in this minute, you know, and I'm going to jump ahead just to the context of the minute so I can make this point. We see apes bringing things to a, a location. Right. Yes. Yeah, ceiling knives. How how do like they that. know to do that if we've not had Caesar kind of saying, bring things to me, showing them to do it? If then, whenever, like in that moment when, the, when they bring the knife, what if that voiceover had been inserted there? Now we get that only makes that even a stronger moment when you put yeah, because, that over it. Because, yeah, my question was, how does nobody notice this many apes missing if they're already saying, hey, apes are congregating and don't and the masters are responsible for it or whatever. Somebody should have been, the announcement should have been happening here. Yeah. So so to, to bring it back to this start of this first minute. We cut in on uh, the busboy ape, mm-hmm. right? It is specifically is the one who is afraid. It's supposed to be one of who's afraid of fire, right? Um, and he's polishing silver, and he holds a knife for a second. And because we didn't have this other buildup right. prior to it, I'm like, "Oh shit, he's got a knife!" This just went really dark. Like I wasn't expecting to be happy, but it was such an abrupt moment. Dumping a trash can and tossing a book are very different than polishing a knife, looking at it, and sticking it in your pocket. I, I agree, and the problem also is this ape has zero motivation for this, none. Yeah, we and, haven't shown them as that ape at least as being you know mistreated or anything. If yeah. you want to build that sequence, you have to build it so that this ape can have that knowledge to act on it. So when he has a knife, and then all of a sudden within that moment we get phantom creepy caesar hovering above right. him and i'm like yeah uh-huh. he's not even looking at him it th- i understand but, but, what they're doing is they're trying to say that caesar has an influence you could have you know you could even build in replays slow motion hazy replays of the actions that have happened before something like that to where he has heard about it and we know that he's he knows you inserting those things that's why you do flashbacks like that so that character has knowledge we know they necessarily shouldn't you could do something like that, but as it is, he just has a weird fetish for silver knives. The the direction in the script had Caesar tapping on the glass to get his attention. Okay, that would work. But we just have Caesar in the shadows of the of the of the restaurant. Like there's no the no connection Caesar being in this moment anywhere at all. Yeah, I mean, he, they could have used that shot for him being anywhere. Yeah. Well, they could have used the swish pan again. I mean, because if we're just going to magically do that, we just, just have, have him in the corner. Of the, exactly. The corner. He's everywhere. But right. what, what I couldn't tell, and, and again, I, I'm trying not to jump too far ahead. What I couldn't tell is, was this busboy ape stashing the silver to slash people's throat in the restaurant? Like he puts what? it in his pocket. Like, why is he? I don't know why he's hiding it. Like, Dumping the trash out is defiance. Throwing the book down is defiance. Pocketing a knife makes me think he's about to go on a killing spree. Well, I'm assuming that he's pocketing a knife for what happens in the next scene, where everybody's bringing down their murder yeah. supplies. That's- yeah, but, but it was, it, but it was, it was, it was rushed. It was sudden. It was like, oh shit, what's what's he doing? Well, yeah, it is a huge jump from, and I think that then when you get into the next moment, that's kind of where I was getting with the all the apes bringing <clears throat> cleavers and things like that. And it's like, wh- where, where do we get to this? You know, you're amassing weapons for a revolt. You can get there and it needs to go there, but you've got to patiently build that. 
you can even have your sequence. You know, this can be your '80s film where they go shopping sequence, where you build how the you character have changes. A but if you do a montage, the characters have to. This is where I am. This is where I am. This you can't just go. This is where I am, and I'm going to jump to the end of the montage without having the other thirty, forty seconds in the middle middle of it. And that's kind of what we do. If you were curious, after he taps on his eyes and the busboy uh, surreptitiously pockets the steak knives, we then go to outside the restaurant window with Caesar. From this marketing bag, he takes a standard red card shopping list, which he lays on the windowsill. Then with a quick left and right, he produces a pen from his pocket. The last item on the list reads, one dozen steaks cut. Caesar's hand with pen centers, uh, enters the shot. And forges an additional item, one gallon of kerosene. Um, we then cut to a woman, a female server's voice, one dozen New York State cuts. And then we jump to the washroom, which is what this ape coming down is supposed to be doing is in the washroom. Here's the weird thing about the, the sequence as it is and in the coming minutes. It makes sense. But it's only because we like these characters and know these characters. And we know the conventions of this type of story and where they want to go. So we make the assumptions for them. We have the leaps of logic where we cover it, but were it to be executed properly, it would be so impactful to watch an ape that before was afraid of fire is now brave enough to steal. Were you to build it that way? But as it is, he's just a kooky, weird, goofy ape that pockets a knife. Yeah. If he had been, in the same like reconditioning with Caesar and, you know, they had some sort of connection to each other, but it's just an ape that we saw earlier that was abused is now rebellious, but we have no growth to that rebellion. Right. So, so our, our, our connection is supposed to be, we, he pockets the knife. Then we see an orangutan or sorry, gorilla with a similar knife descending into this area where apes have gathered dropping off weapons. Right. I mean, that's, that's the connection. He pockets the knife to jump to this next moment where this gorilla descends the stairs and has the giant. What is that? A cleaver? Yeah. What you call yeah. It? So in, in other films. And the one behind him carrying a, a microwave. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, in other films, if you have this, you have this little, this little chimp who has been, again, afraid of fire and whatnot, maybe wanting Caesar's approval seeing that Caesar somehow told somebody to bring something to them. And then he sees this knife and he's like, oh, that's like that. And he, then, and then he goes to Caesar to and he hands it personally yeah. to Caesar. That would make sense. That would build it. And then Caesar could be like, very good. But as it is, we just get the weird shot of Caesar where I kept wanting him to go. I am the phantom of the opera. <laughs> it's like, I don't, what the is going on? It just, it's goofy. It's real. Yeah. I, if somebody, if this was their first jump into the Planet of the Apes world, they would just think, boy, these movies are a jumbled mess. They're kind of cool. They're kind of, I get the emotion. I get what they're doing, but they're a mess. So we were, we were supposed to um, uh, cut to an ape washroom, dimly lit. Uh, first, we can discern almost nothing except now familiar sound of familiar orangutans grunting in session. I get, he said orangutan, so probably not gorillas. Grunting in, in session. As Caesar enters and deposits his marketing bag, the one he just pulled the red card from, um, beside a small white table and chair from which a female chimpanzee cleaner rises as he approaches, he hands her the kerosene can and we pan her past a row of wash basins with each single push-button faucet to the dark rear of the washroom. Here she thrusts through the, uh, the first row of sprung doors 
uh, seated at a cleaner's table. He receives uh, from the four lined up orangutans, the red card choppings. Um, it's supposed to be kind of this rising moment of his power. Instead, we cut to him already behind the table with the chimps just giving him these items. I was just watching those pearls. moments as you read that, and it's it's even assembled weird. If it almost feels like the ape with the cigarette should have come after Trash Ape. Well, the, she was. And uh, the, 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 the lady with, the, with Frank was supposed to be the first moment. Okay. so Frank's, the, Frank's disobedience was supposed to be before Lisa's. Again, I, I dis- I disobedience in threes. I guarantee you they did it this way because uh, the first ape was a gorilla. Then they did chimpanzee and then another gorilla so that you didn't think that the trash gorilla was Frank that got you know pulled away Maybe. and now how has he got a job again lighting cigarettes for people you but, know i just really you know to your point todd just looking at this caesar is in the basement or this wash room wherever it's supposed to be taking knives and then we cut to outside and caesar's suddenly behind in the cafe right he signals to the ape outside i'm like girl you just teleported well <laughs> and, and then imagine Where imagine that here? the cigarette, <laughs> cigarette gorilla if he, he de- if he defies Frank. okay Frank if he, has he a name. if he defies him uh, the the lighting of the cigarette and then maybe Boy, in that last point. minute that Caesar yeah. looks down and sees the knife beside him and even nods toward the knife and then if he were to steal it then we've established that they're stealing knives and things like that then yeah, you cut true. forward to that scene these things make sense then you can even build on to that whenever little goofy a chimp could see frank walking in with a big knife and he, the approval that's how you build that sequence characters have to have reasons for what they do as it is there is no reason other than that we need them to do this well i mean they they uh get murder boners anytime somebody brings a cleaver in that's all they want to do is look big sharp knives look yeah i'm sorry I, this is now a very different movie that we went to murder boners <laughs> <laughs> so so i i, I we're, we're making some really big leaps in these moments uh-huh. and i can tell you that dane had all of the stuff in a different order and so i'm really curious how much was done in editing because Caesar really does magically go from outside to under this washroom to back outside again. And I don't know this, uh, this is almost one of those scenes you would love to have somebody come in and recut. Uh, Yeah. I I think you're absolutely right. It does feel like they, 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 for whatever reason felt like, Hey, we've got to interconnect these. What I would have liked to seen like in that moment and any of the moments actually where Caesar is using his telepathic abilities to tell them to rebel even the insertion of people walking in front of caesar so that there's another environment so he's within the environments but as it is every shot of this is a clean weird <laughs> shot of him just looking at people were he or to be walking into him, it and and, yeah, and he interacting comes, he, comes up, he comes up to the rebellious ape and you know touches their hand and then you know anything they nod at each other and as caesar's walking off and the rebellion starts whatever it, it it just doesn't work with Caesar just looking. I, you know what? I yeah. take that back. I actually think those shots are really powerful. I think they, they're very cool and compelling shots. Were we to have true interactions that led to that, that he then – then Caesar can learn all I need to do is simply be seen and they know. 
you know, or that, you know, what if Caesar was doing all this from the control room? He's looking at monitors and watching the rebellion as they're happening instead of just you know nodding at people and stuff. He he. I don't know. Or, I, I like him out see, in it more than a rebellion. passive thing. He, he, no, no. He sees the rebellions happening, and as he's doing that, he's like changing the cameras so that they see something else going on, so that the humans don't see. The, Wait, the now you have him commanding, you have him directing on. the TV show now. Yeah, came out. <laughs> well, it, again, it's it's very cool ideas that are just oddly executed, and I think Richard's got it right that they, you know, they obviously shot it one way, intended this. And it could be. I think that's probably a, a pretty good um, idea, Sean, of why they decided to separate those two gorillas. Again, it goes what I said before about how you you often will cut from nighttime to stark day so that it has a, a feeling of changing. You usually try to put characters in different clothing, or you don't. If you have brunette characters, you don't put the brunette character in the next scene you do something where it's a blonde so that your eye and you visually understand I'm somewhere else. Why don't we and have more orangutans in this, by the way? Why don't we see any orangutans out there? They don't have there? any orangutans rebelling in this sequence, I don't think. I think it would have been nice for Frank to have been an orangutan instead of a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, Dane mentions orangutans, but there's none really in the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and this idea that it starts with a leader class moving into a uh, – uh, the, the you know, the intelligence cloud, the scientific community moving into the kind of like the worker, we don't get to, we don't get that, see that, that fall. We largely just have chimps and gorillas. I think that's one of the interesting things again with the new films is how well they create the, the different sex, you know, you've got the, the chimps, the, the orangutans, we don't ever really see a baboon, um, but gorillas and how they interact, you know, I was just saying this to my wife the other day when we were talking about movies that when you have a character in a scene, the, the, the characters that surround them should each pull out a different trait from that character. They should allow that character to be exposed, and that's how they seem well-rounded whenever they – you and I, we all interact differently with different people, but they don't give Caesar a way to be anything more than just one-note messianic weirdo in the corner. Were they to give him – orangutans who are smart enough to rebel, but maybe by the end are questioning his methods, then that's an interesting, you know, when, when you get into rebellion, uh, how many times do we see the stories, even very biblical ideas of why does Judas betray Christ? Because he doesn't like the way things are going and things like you, you present these characters in there to make it more complex. And as it is, it's kind of, it's a little flat because they're all just sheep following him. And, 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 Building, yeah, a, hopefully, hopefully, building upon that a little bit, this idea that there's sheep following. It's also a very, very hard turn in my mind for the character Caesar, because he was so uh, uh, soft mm-hmm. and weak and weepy in the beginning of the film, and we know that he's seen some horrors. But it would have been interesting to have it start off where we actually see the uprising that's kind of happening around him already. And then he begins to take that role right. as he realizes what's going. And it gives a reason why Breck is so paranoid. We just don't see – we're getting these announcements over the intercom about unattended apes on this, on that. And it's supposed to set up what's happening around Caesar, but we never really, we never really feel it or see it as much as we should. This, and then him to move yeah. into a role 
because that role is being already needs needs to be created makes more sense than him just suddenly being flip the coin. I'm suddenly an asshole. Everybody should burn. It should all come down. <laughs> well, you know? it, it comes hate, back to I, I, I hate all the apes that are doing all the work for us. So let's get rid of them so that we have to do all our work. It comes back to and, and how many times we end up talking Star Wars in this, but it, it's very similar to the idea of how and why Anakin flips to the dark side is ex- executed in those films. There's nothing that says it. It just occurs. Now, at least Caesar with this, we understand because his father has died. The pressure already of the, of the injustice he towards the apes. However, his arc to get there is so rapid that it doesn't have any resonance beyond the fact that we know why he's there. So do you guys want to do like a, maybe like an animated series that we could like insert in between this films wow. about the uh, servant apes and their own struggles and the uprising and why Lisa might be smarter than she should be. And we could just kind of like build that up. So Caesar has a reason to flip. Holy shit, Richard, that is a freaking genius idea. I mean, what would we call it? I don't know. Uh, Clone the Wars Ape- of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I you definitely. I mean, if you have, that's where that has worked to you know fix plot holes for that film series. This is a very rich idea. It's just so quickly forced in there that were it thought out a little bit more, man, you would have. Not only would you be commenting about the race riots and whatnot that were happening of that era, but you'd be commenting about mankind in general. Can we not? Uh, I think we're all missing the most important part of this minute, though. I mean, seriously, she's got a fucking joint in her hand. That is a green goddamn cigarette that she's on now. <laughs> it's so a futuristic future, cigarette, Sean. It's a futuristic no, cigarette. No, they're smoking weed in the future, man. <laughs> How did I know that Sean would turn it to weed? But that's why we love Sean. All right, have you guys got anything else? No, that's it for me. Okay. We will be back tomorrow. Everybody, please stay safe. Take care of yourself. Love your family and your loved ones. See you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. The minute of the age. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.